You're listening to the Travel Geniuses Podcast for travel agents who love planning vacations for their clients, but wish the business side of things was just a little bit easier. This is episode 66. If you think business has to be hard and a bit of a drag, you need this episode. Hey, Travel Geniuses, Christy here. Thanks for joining me for another episode of the podcast. Um, Today's topic is something that is very near and dear to my heart. It's There are very few things that I would say I can be certain of with 100% certainty. Even things I think I'm certain of, I will always say or admit or think that there's a chance I'm wrong. All of the things I've almost all of the things I've talked to you about here, I could be wrong about. I may change my mind someday. I may learn something new that causes me to change my opinions. And almost everything I ever talk about, I try to make sure that I say that it depends on you as well. What works for one person doesn't work for you. And even though like with choosing a niche, I strongly believe that that will change your business and make it much easier for some people well, for everybody, you don't have to do that. You can grow a successful business without choosing a niche. So anyway, my point is, there are very few things that I ever will feel 100% confident in. One thing I feel 100% confident in and believe with every part of my being is that your business does not have to be hard. Uh, Business in general does not have to be hard. It doesn't have to be draining. It can be one of the best parts of your life, actually. And I think we get this message about business in general, about life really in general, about whether it's your business or a job or um, just daily life. For some reason, people want to make it seem like it has to be hard. And especially with a, a travel business, I hear so much in groups online, and I'll talk about that a little bit later, but so many people just always talk about how hard it is and oh these clients are so annoying and oh the price shoppers and oh the suppliers and it's just like as if yes you love the travel industry and you um are working towards growing your business but you hate every minute of it and I don't actually believe that's true in fact I know it's not true and that's the whole reason behind everything I do with Travel Geniuses, with the podcast, with any products that I've, whether free or paid products that I've created, my whole goal is to help you love your business again. And that's actually kind of my, I don't know what to call it, like elevator, not elevator pitch, but you know, like people tell you to come up with some quick little thing to say that tells people what you do, which I'm going to be doing an episode about later because i I'm kind of changing my opinion on all of that, but mine has, well, not changing, whatever. I've been thinking about a lot of things lately. And so you're going to hear a lot of my thoughts in upcoming episodes. And one of them will be about this like need for an elevator pitch and what that means. But my sort of tagline, I guess, was helping travel agents love their business. And that's really what I want to do. And I believe with all my heart and all my soul that it is 100% possible, but I don't think that many of you really believe that. And to be honest, there are times when I kind of question it because I do see and hear other people speak so confidently about how hard things have to be. And it makes me stop sometimes and think, am I just 
kind of being Pollyanna about all this? Is it just the rare unicorn who is able to build and grow a business that is not only successful, but that is enjoyable and that doesn't take away from their life and drain everything from them, but actually contributes to a life that they love? But I actually know when I stop myself, when I catch myself thinking that and questioning my belief in this, um, I do know it's possible. I've seen it outside of the travel industry. I've seen it within the travel industry. And the people who have accomplished it aren't doing anything extraordinary. They're not any smarter than you. They're not, they don't have better connections than you. They just, maybe their brain works a little bit differently, or they've trained their brain to work a little bit differently. And they've asked different questions. And I'll talk about all of that in this episode. So if you are someone who thinks that you love having a business and you know you love the travel industry and you can't imagine doing anything else and you definitely know you're not cut out for a nine to five and being an employee, but you're sacrificing for your business. Yes, I want a business. Yes, I know it's the best option for me, but also I know it's going to be hard. I know 50% or more of the stuff I have to do is going to be a drag and things that I definitely don't like. I know it's going to take all my time and energy. I know I'm going to have to put in 12 hour days, six or seven days a week. If those are thoughts running through your head, um, and even if they're not, I want you to really listen to this episode. And I know I say this all the time, but lately nobody's been taking me up on it. But I definitely would love to hear from you too. And I'll mention this at the end of the podcast as well. Shoot me an email, christy at travelgeniuses.com or find me on Instagram. I am considering really working on growing my Instagram account, my business account. So find me there at Travel Geniuses. And I'd love to hear what you're struggling with, what parts of your business you hate, what parts you love, what's making you believe that it can't be fun and enjoyable and easy. And I'm not promising to have an answer or a solution for you. Um, I hearing from you will help me come up with more topic ideas for the podcast. But also, I get these like, my brain is very complicated. <laughs> and if I hear something um, once, I may not have all the resources and information I need to come up with a solution or uh, think about it the right way. But over time, as my brain absorbs more information and more ideas, someday I may actually come up with a solution to the problem or a way that you can make that part of your job easier. Some people that have reached out to me can attest to this, that I may reach out a couple days or a couple months later and be like, oh, remember when we were talking about this thing? I have an idea for you. Uh, sometimes I just get, you know, all these random things mingle in my brain and I'm able to come up with an idea that might work. So if after listening to this, you love it and you're like, yes, I know that that's true for myself, or you're like, oh, Christy, you haven't really convinced me. I still think this part like I still have to deal with X, Y, Z, and I absolutely hate it. And there's no way we cannot do it. Let me know because I'd love to see if there's something we can come up with to make that part easier or non-existent. Okay, so let's talk about this for a little bit. So first, I want to explain what I mean when I say that 
You can love your business. It can be easy. It can be fun. It doesn't have to be hard. What exactly do I mean? What I don't mean is you can um, go move to a villa in Tuscany and just lay by the pool all day, sipping wine and having people serve you and not having to worry about your business or work at all. While that sometimes can feel like the ideal life and exactly what you want, I would bet that within a couple of weeks, you would get pretty bored of that. Personally, I really love my work. I love what I do. I love sharing ideas and inspiration with you. I love helping travel agents figure out how to build and design their business in a way that works for them and design a business that they love. I can't imagine I would be so bored um, just sitting around doing nothing all day. So while that would be nice for a couple of weeks, it's definitely not what I'm talking about when I say build a business that you love. What I am talking about is a business that you're excited to get back to over the weekend. You take a weekend off and you you have so much exciting stuff to work on on Monday that instead of this Mondays, I don't know if you've heard of this, but when I worked a regular nine to five corporate job, I definitely experienced this like Friday, well, Saturday, I spent recovering from the work week. And then Sunday, I couldn't enjoy that day either because I knew Monday was coming and I was going to have to go do it all over again. So it's this Mondays and it's just like the worst feeling in the world to not ever enjoy a day of your life and have five days a week that you're not enjoying. And yes, I know when you run a business, um, it's often seven days a week, but with the business you love, you're taking weekends off, you're not working all those crazy hours, and you just kind of can't wait for Sunday to come so you can um, get back to work and start planning vacations. It also means not answering, I'm so busy, whenever somebody asks you how you're doing. And I know this last couple of years has been rough, and that's putting it mildly. So I'm not, I, I don't know that there was anyway, or anything that you could have done to make the last couple of years fun and easy at all. So when I'm saying all this, that's not what I mean. But if you're honest, before COVID, even when you weren't slammed with work, if you didn't have a ton of clients, if somebody asked you, hey, how are you doing? What have you been up to? Oh my gosh, I am so busy. I used to spend so much time on my business, like spinning my wheels and doing things that weren't necessary, I was always busy. And that also meant I was missing out on time with friends and family. And this is the real kicker, right? If you're like me, and I think most of us, part of, if not the main reason we wanted to start our own business was so that we could be there and be present for friends and family who needed us. Not only in the good times, but in bad times too. If somebody needed you to be there to support them, have lunch to commiserate over something with them or to celebrate something or to hold their hand when they're sick, all of that, those are the things that we want to do and that we want to be there for. And that's why you probably wanted to start your own business so you'd have more control over your schedule. The problem is when you start a business, like I said before, it sometimes can be 10, 12 hour days, six, seven days a week. And when you're not working, you're thinking about work and you're tired and you're not really there. I've talked about this in previous episodes too. So having a business that you love and the kind of business I'm talking about means not having that I'm busy. It means um, not missing out on things because you have to work on your business. I realized a couple of years ago that I was 
yes, growing my business so that I could be available and be there and be present with friends and family and spend time with them and, and build all those memories with people. But I was saying no to all of that because I was growing my business and uh, a big theme. And I'm sure I'll talk about this in a future episode too. Um, a big theme that I've been learning about, and it's been a couple of years now, but it's just more and more becoming so evident to me that you can't wait until someday for that to happen. There's not going to magically be a day when your business is making so much money and things are running super smoothly. And suddenly you have time for all of that stuff and you don't have to spend that much time on your business. That is not going to happen magically. My daughter's in nursing school right now and she's got two little girls and she keeps telling me like, well, when I'm done with the nursing school, things will settle down. And and I know from experience, that's not the case. There's just going to be something else taking up your time. And life is always chaotic if you want it to be um, calm. If you want to spend time on certain things, you have to make a conscious choice to do that in advance. I'm going to butcher these sayings, but there are a couple of sayings that come to mind when I think of this. One has to do with money. I don't know that it's a saying. It's just something people say a lot. Your budget will take up all of the available money. My husband is the saver in the family. I'm the spender. And anytime uh, he got a raise, he would put it automatically pull more out to go into the 401k like um, per paycheck, not a bulk amount. And there was this, I don't, I don't know how to say it. But basically, like, if you don't do that, you're always going to spend all your money. There's never going to be a month where at the end of the month, you're like, wow, I have an extra $500. I'm going to stick that in my savings. But that's how we all act as if, um, It's just going to magically happen without us thinking about it. But what you actually have to do is put the money in savings first, and then you'll spend what's left. And if you keep getting raises, your budget, your amount that you spend each month is going to magically, this is the magic bar, it's just going to magically expand to take up all the available money. Um, There's a software program that I use called You Need a Budget, Y-N-A-B, Y-N-A-B is what they call it. And that's one of the things they teach is that you have to give every single dollar a job. If you don't give it a job, it's going to find something to be spent on. So you have to give every dollar a job. And the same is true with your time. You might have heard, I think there's some law of something that says like the task will consume the amount of time available. So like if you have two weeks to work on something, it's going to take you the whole two weeks. But if you um, suddenly find you only have two days to get get it done, you're going to magically get it done in those two days. And so that thing about every dollar needing a job, every minute needs a job too. So if you, gosh, this is going off into a whole other tangent, I didn't intend it to, but you need to, if it's important for you to spend time with friends and family, if there's a hobby you want to participate in, something you want to do, you have to give those minutes in your day a job and schedule those things and be intentional about that happening. Otherwise, your business is just going to take up all the extra time. So I don't, no, this might not make it in the final cut of this episode because I did really go off on a totally different subject there. I think the point I was trying to make is that part of a business you love is that the business supports your life, not the other way around. It's not sucking the life out of you, which I think is what a lot of entrepreneurs, especially in the travel industry, end up with is a job that 
almost literally sucks the life out of you. It's draining. It's taking up all the time. You don't have time for the things that are really important to you. And you're probably thinking, someday I'll get a handle on this. Someday I'll just magically have all the right clients, all the right boundaries. I'll be super profitable and I won't have to work these hours like I am now. And um, that's a little bit about what I'm going to talk about today. A few other things that are true about a business you love is that you love the people you work with, you love your clients, you love all of your supplier partners that you work with, you feel appreciated and respected. So you don't have clients who you feel like are um, second guessing everything you say and just like treating you like the hired help, which you are, but they really respect you as a partner in their travel planning. At least I assume that's what most people want. That's what I want. I don't want to be just an order taker. I want to be somebody who's a partner and somebody who's respected and appreciated for what I bring to the table. To have a business you love and enjoy, I think you also need to feel like you're making a difference, like you're really helping and contributing to the happiness of the people you work for and work with. And you have to be making money. Um, you're not running a charity and you're not, you know, making minimum wage for all the work you're doing. You're actually making a good living, something that you're happy with. Maybe you're super wealthy beyond your wildest dreams even, but you're definitely not working 10 hours a day to make $100 on a booking. And then finally, you love your work. And I think this is the one, um, this and maybe the profitability are probably the two that most people are going to like roll their eyes at me and be like, nope, can't happen. There's so much that we have to do in our jobs that while, yes, I like this part of my job, I really hate this other 75% of it, but it's all stuff that has to get done. And I'm going to challenge those beliefs in this episode too. All right. So the like a business you love is going to look different for all of you because everybody has different goals, different things that they enjoy, different different ways they want their life to look like, right? But the basic idea is, I want you to try and imagine this, okay? You have a business that at most you work 40 hours a week, like that would be a busy week. Maybe you're averaging six hours a day would be, I think, a good amount of time to work and still have the freedom and energy for a life outside of your business, six hours a day, five days a week, you take weekends off, or I mean, maybe not. Again, this depends. Maybe your life is set up in a way that having Monday and Friday off would be better or whatever. But you take a couple days off to, again, hang out with your friends and family, participate in hobbies, do things that you love outside of work. You're making really good money. You don't care about fam trips because you can afford to pay for the kinds of vacations that you actually want, and you're actually able to let them be vacations. And yes, I know I'm guilty of this too. It's hard to really take a vacation when you're in the travel industry. Like, you, There's always a hotel you want to check out, and you are always thinking in the back of your head, like, how... What am I learning that I can use to help my clients? So that's fine. But in general, you're able to take some vacations and you're able to pay for them. You don't have to work really hard to earn fam trips. You're able to go on vacations with your friends and family like normal people do. You love your clients and they love you and they send you really well-qualified referrals all the time. They happily pay your fee and constantly tell you they'd pay more. They trust you and almost feel like you're part of the family and would never imagine taking a vacation without your help. 
You also love your supplier partners. You enjoy spending time with them. And when they are in town visiting agencies, they do more than just pop in for 15 minutes to give you an update on their product, but they maybe ask you if you can meet for drinks and dinner later to catch up on life. They're genuinely friends. And beyond that, you know that they take really good care of your clients and are there to help out if something happens and you need help with a complicated itinerary or last minute booking or just a really needy client. Although you probably wouldn't have needy clients unless you like those kinds of clients because this is a business you love and you would have weeded out all those needy clients a long time ago. Now, if you just listened to that whole description and you're rolling your eyes and thinking, oh, Christy, you lost me. Like, you're crazy. This is not possible in any universe. Then that is the first problem. This will never happen for you if you don't believe it's possible. And I know I've talked a bit about this on previous episodes. I don't remember when. I feel like I probably talk about this quite often, but your brain wants to be right. So it's going to always look for proof that what you believe is true. So if you, like most of us and me in the past, have bought into this story that owning a business has to be hard and it's full of really hard work and long hours and no weekends off and no vacation days and low pay, then your brain is going to be constantly looking for proof that that is true. That leads to two things. It leads to constant reinforcement of that story. So your brain will skip over stories of agents and business owners running a business in a way that is fun and that they do love and enjoy and will latch onto and spend a lot more time thinking about and focusing on and reading about stories of people who are struggling. It also means that when you are super brave and you try something new and you believe me that it doesn't have to be this way, that you can have a business that you love and enjoy um, and you try something and it doesn't work exactly how you hoped the first time, instead of seeing that as a lesson and an opportunity to learn and make adjustments to try again and make it work better the next time, instead of that, your brain is going to think, oh, see, I knew, I knew she was wrong. I was right. Business sucks. It's hard. I can't enjoy this. I just have to go back to a business that sucks the life out of me. A really good example of this is fees. And I'm so happy to hear from so many agents over the last year or so that they are now committed to charging fees and are going to make it work. The truth of the matter is that not every traveler is going to be willing to pay fees and that's okay. You just need to find the ones that are. So if your brain is telling you the story still that people don't want to charge fees, people in my niche don't won't pay fees. People in my neighborhood or my state or my city won't pay fees. People going to the destinations I sell will not pay fees. Then when you try it the first time and you're nervous and you're stumbling over your words and maybe you sound a little apologetic about it and that person on the call says, okay, like I'll talk to my spouse and I'll get back to you later and then ghosts you, your brain looking for confirmation is going to say, see, I knew this wasn't going to work. These people are crazy who say I can charge fees. I need clients that book. I need to make money. So I'm not going to charge fees anymore. I'm just going to stick with earning commission. However, if you believe that it's possible to charge fees, you see other agents doing it. 
and you know it's working for them, you're going to take that as a learning experience. And instead of giving up and deciding, see, I was right, it's never going to work, you'll just ask yourself, how can I do it better next time? How can I maybe tweak something I'm doing and attract prospects who are willing to pay those fees and are glad to pay my fees for my services? And yes, I do have some tips for getting from a place of not believing any of this is possible to believing it's possible and starting to make progress towards creating a business that you really do love. And the first thing I'm going to suggest is that you purposely seek out people who are doing what you want to do. Examples of travel agents or even just entrepreneurs in other industries who have built a business and designed a business that they really love, that isn't draining, that they look forward to, and that supports their life instead of taking everything from their life. This is not easy. (laughs) We live in a culture that just wants to really focus on the negative so much. So you're going to have to work really hard at this and you might not quickly find somebody who has a whole business that they love yet, but maybe you can find somebody with certain aspects of their business. And one of the things I'll talk about later is thinking about what parts of your business are the biggest time sucks or that are super draining for you that you enjoy the least and start with one of those. So maybe you seek out somebody who has really gotten a handle on that. Let's take the fees, for instance, because that's something that can help you be more profitable and not have to work with as many clients and freeze up some of your time. Search out agents who are charging really good fees. Like I'm not talking 25 to $100. I'm talking multiple hundreds of dollars. Seek out agents who are doing that and see them as examples. You don't necessarily even have to ask them how they're doing it. Just know that they exist and pay attention to them maybe even make a list somewhere. I'm a huge proponent of lists. I have lists in notebooks. I have lists on my phone. I have lists in Trello. Make a separate list of agents who are doing things that I want to do. Agents who are doing it right. Agents who are charging fees, are running the type of business I want to be able to run. If you see somebody talking about something they've done in a Facebook group, screenshot that and put that in your book of proof and reference that periodically to remind yourself in your brain that this is possible. There are more and more entrepreneurs and thought leaders, what would I call them? Not gurus, but leaders in the entrepreneurial space who are starting to talk about this more and starting to push back against the belief that business has to be hard and a struggle and it has to consume all of your life. And one of my favorites, I've talked about her quite a bit on the show before, is Denise Duffield Thomas. She actually has a book about this called Chillpreneur. It is very focused to women, but I think even men can get something out of it. Um, I mean, I know you can. It just sometimes there might be some things that you're like, oh, it sounds like she's bashing men a little bit. It's not that. She's just very (laughs) pro-woman. And it is a really good book and great examples and ideas in there about how you can think differently about your business and tweak some things and make them work for you. So while you're feeding your brain all these examples of people doing things the right way and the way not the right way, the way you want to do them and looking for proof that this is possible. You also have to protect your brain from all of that other quote unquote proof that this isn't possible. 
We like to complain. And I sometimes think travel agents like to complain more than anybody else, but it might just be because I hang out in those groups more. But I would suggest totally getting out of Facebook groups and online forums, chats, whatever you're involved in, where you're with a lot of other agents or entrepreneurs in general. If there is a lot of complaining and commiserating happening in there, I would just totally mute those get out of them completely. You don't need that. That's not going to do anything to help you, even if you weren't committed, which I hope you are, (laughs) to transforming your business and building it into a business you really love. That's just not serving you at all. And if you're in a group that's mostly positive, but there are those occasional um, negative people in there, and sometimes a topic will get off on a bad note and it just turns into a complaint fest. As soon as you notice that happening, close that out, back up the browser, commit to not thinking about that and not paying attention to it anymore. And if your brain ever does like try to bring that up, just like, nope, we're not going to think about that and move on. That might actually be a good time for you to review those notes you've taken and screenshots you've grabbed of agents proving that those things are possible. I actually saw a really good example of this recently in a Facebook group of travel agents where somebody had popped in to say like, oh, I got all these amazing high dollar bookings in the last week or month or however long it was. It was just a celebratory post kind of like, oh, things are picking up again. I'm so excited. Tell me about the good things happening for you. And not only, like there were some people that were like, yeah, me too. Here's mine. Here's mine. And then of course, there were some people that popped in and like, oh, things stink for me and business is terrible. Nobody's going anywhere. All my bookings canceled, which is kind of fine. But what made it worse is that people actually started being rude about it and accusing this agent of bragging and rubbing it into people's faces who weren't experiencing the same thing and telling them that they should have just kept their mouth shut and not said anything. And I actually got pretty angry about that because if everybody who has something good happening in their life or in their business keeps their mouth shut and keeps it to themselves, then the rest of us are going to think nothing good is happening. What my experience is, is the only reality. And if nothing good is happening for me, then that must mean it's not possible because I don't see it happening for anybody else either. If all you're seeing is the people complaining and saying how hard it is, how many cancellations they're getting, how many clients they have that don't respect them, how many price shoppers they got that day and how annoying they are and how many hours they spent on hold with their supplier, all of these things, talking about all the hours they worked and um, how hard their business is. If nobody shares the good things and all we hear are the bad things, that's what your brain is going to think is the only option. So maybe my bonus tip here that I hadn't planned to say would be to thank people who are sharing things like that. If they tell you about something good that's working for them, something good that's happening in their business, thank them for sharing it and being an example. I do want to say that there is a difference between complaining and looking for a solution. I'd say 90% of the negative talk I see and hear among travel agents is just complaining for complaining's sake, maybe to commiserate with other people, or may just be somebody who is a natural born complainer. You know, those people who like nothing's like Eeyore, like nothing's ever good. Everything's bad. And it's like their form of communication and their love language is complaining. That is much different than somebody saying, hey, I am spending way too much time on hold 
Has anybody come up with a solution to that? Is there anything you do to cut your hold times or to prevent even having to call the suppliers in the first place? So there's a huge difference between talking about something negative in search of a solution and just being negative in general. So if you've gotten to the point where you believe that this really is possible, that you can love your business and enjoy it and not have it suck the life out of you, the next thing I want you to do is spend a little bit of time thinking about the parts of your business that take too much time or that you find really draining or things that you put off, things that give you a pit in your stomach and maybe even make you feel nauseous. I can think of a few things in my business that actually getting unexpected phone calls is one (laughs) or getting an email like, can we talk? And my immediate thought, it's like being called to the principal's office or something like, oh my gosh, what did I do now? 99.99999% of the time, great conversation. But my first reaction, if I don't know the reason for it is like, oh, something bad. So when you notice things like that, first of all, just take note of them and then pick one thing to work on and change and adjust. You can't do this all at once. I don't want you to come up with this huge list of things and then feel like, oh, now I have to fix all of these by tomorrow. It's not going to work that way. And even working at them one at a time, it's going to take some trial and error to figure out ways to adjust things so that you are loving your business a lot more. And I will give you some tips and pointers. Of course, this may feel a little awkward or hard or just, I don't know, different for you at first. I don't know if this is something I'm just naturally like have a natural ability for, or if it's just come from practice, but these things are just thoughts that go in my head all the time. Like I'm always thinking things like this. If that's not you, it's just going to take a little bit of practice. You might go a couple of weeks with something just driving you crazy. And then one day you'll think, oh, I wonder if I could change that. And you'll start asking yourself some of these questions. The more often you do that and practice this, the quicker you will be to notice when you don't like something and want to change it and start making these changes. (laughs) All right. So the first thing is to question everything. I think I know one of my biggest frustrations with the travel industry is just this, like, this is just the way we do it. We keep doing things the same way all the time without even questioning whether we still need to do it this way or not. I I know, I don't remember what episode, I know I've talked about this before. There's a story that Zig Ziglar used to tell about, and it was probably made up, but the point is still the same. His wife cut off the end of the ham and put it in the roaster. And he said, hey, wife, why did you cut off the end of the ham? And she said, oh, because my mom always did it. Why did your mom do it? I don't know. Let's call mom and ask her. So they call her mom and ask her. And her mom's like, I don't know. My mom always did it. So they call her mom. And her mom says, oh, because my pan was too big. So I had to cut off the end to make it fit. So all these people were doing the same thing without really thinking why. And it turns out it was unnecessary. And we do that a lot in the travel industry too. There's a really great podcast episode. I will link to it in the show notes. I don't, I could try to remember the name of the restaurant was like Aliana or something like that in Chicago, a very fancy, expensive restaurant, um, known worldwide, I think. And it was an interview on Tim Ferriss, I believe one of the owners. And he was talking about how they 
rethought every single part of a restaurant. And I remember one, it's a very long podcast episode, it's like three hours, but it was fascinating to me. But one of the things they talked about was why do fancy restaurants always have white tablecloths? Well, it turns out is because the tables underneath were so ugly, they had to hide them. So they decided that they wanted to not have white tablecloths. So they just got nice tables. And then Apparently there's a law in Chicago or there was, I don't know, this is weird. We're like the silverware cannot touch the table. So they had to, so, okay, how can we solve that problem? And they came up with these little pillows that they would put the silver on. I might be remembering this slight, it might not have been pillows, but something like that. So this is true in every industry, but I, maybe it's just because I'm so close to it. I feel like ours is so bad at this, just doing things the same way we've done them for decades, just because that's the way we've always done them. So the first thing I want you to do with some of this stuff is ask yourself, why? Why do I do this? Why do we do this as an industry? And could it be done differently? Next, look at the things you're telling yourself you should do or you have to do. I should answer the phone every time somebody calls. I should be available at these hours. I have to take this type of client. I have to work with these suppliers. Anything you think you have to do or you should do, even if it's something I've told you, like picking a niche or whatever, question that. If it's something you enjoy doing and it gives you energy and you love it and you love that it's part of your business, but you still think you should, that's fine. I'm talking about things that you hate doing, but you think you should do it. So pick maybe one thing. Remember, I don't want you to to try to transform your business overnight and try to do it all at once. So pick one of those things and then ask yourself a few questions. What would it look like if I didn't do it? What if I couldn't? Like sometimes it's hard to, like I was thinking about this the other day when I was outlining this episode. If somebody hated being on the computer and literally like did not want to ever have to be on the computer ever, 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 could that work? And I kept like kept running into, well, like maybe you could call your clients. You could probably work with a lot of suppliers by phone, but you probably still would need emails like to get documents and things. So it's really hard to imagine a world without things that are such a part of our daily life or our our work. But what if there was no such thing as computers? What if tomorrow the internet broke and we couldn't use it, but we still had to manage to run our businesses? Now, the whole world would shut down if that happened. But (laughs) what if you couldn't do it that way? What if whatever thing you hate doing, what if it disappeared tomorrow and you couldn't do that, what would you do? One of my favorite questions to to ask myself when there's something that I'm struggling with is, or putting off, this generally is things that I like delay and I drag my feet because I don't enjoy it or I don't feel confident in it, is what would it look like if it was fun and easy? I'm still struggling a bit with my email newsletter and social media. And it's not that I don't want to do them. It's just, it's a lot of work. Sometimes I put, there's a bajillion reasons and I'm actually going to be talking about that. That's one of the upcoming episode ideas I have. But one thing I ask myself when I think about those things is what if it was fun and easy? Like what would be fun? What would make social media fun for me? So what if that thing you hate was fun and easy? How could you make it fun and easy? Some other questions, and I actually have quite a few here, so I'll try to go through them pretty quickly because this episode is already getting long. How else can I? So how else can I do this thing that I don't like doing? Um, 
What if I didn't do it? What if you just stopped doing it? Sometimes we think we have to like answer the phone. I use that a lot. I know I've mentioned this before, but I was at a conference a decade or more ago, and the speaker was talking about how all these agencies were not answering the phone on the second ring, and he had examples of these agencies he called and how long it took them to answer the phone and all of that. It was like horrifying that there would ever be an agency that didn't answer the phone, period, let alone not by the second ring. But now there are so many agents who don't use the phone and just let it go to voicemail. And if you like, we can schedule a call, but I'm not going to answer the phone at all when you call. And that's an example of this one. What if you just didn't? What would happen? Would the world end? No. So sometimes you don't even have to come up with a new way to do things. You just simply stop. What things do you love about your business? What are your favorite tasks? And how can you do more of that? And then again, how can you do less of the things that you don't like? What if I didn't work with this type of client or a specific kind of supplier or even just a specific supplier or client? What if you only worked with this type of client or only with these suppliers? What assumptions are you making about what your clients want and how much they can pay and what people are willing to book, what types of travel they're willing to go on, whether it's in your niche or in your community, in your town. I keep hearing people talk about, oh, my part of the country doesn't do blah, blah, blah. Well, that's not true. So ask yourself, what assumptions am I making? And is that really true? And what if I stopped assuming that? For some of these things, you will literally just be able to stop doing them, like answering the phone. If you don't like surprise phone calls, if you don't like the phone at all, you can set boundaries around that and just stop doing it completely. And I do have a whole episode about that. And this will help with not only things like answering the phone, but working with specific types of clients and suppliers, all kinds of things. It's my episode on boundaries. And that's episode 56, which is at travelgeniuses.com slash episode 56. I just literally worked through one of these things while I was recording this episode when I mentioned, I don't like getting those like, can we call? Can I schedule time to talk to you? Because I don't answer my phone. I already have that. (laughs) But can I schedule a time to talk? And I don't know what it's about. And then I'm just an pit of nerves the whole time, like nauseous for days until a phone call. It's really bad. It doesn't make me feel good. And I don't want to do that anymore. So as I was talking to all of you, I'm thinking, how can I not have that happen anymore? Well, I used Calendly, which allows people to schedule a time to talk. And I can just have a required question on there. So they can't set an appointment to talk to me without answering this question. What is this about? So then I can know, like, I just want to tell you how much I love you. (laughs) Yes, I will take your call. But if it's something bad, if it's like something's wrong with my website or whatever, then at least I'm prepared and I'm not thinking they're, you know, mad at me or think I'm the worst person ever. So that's a perfect example of how you can work through something that gives you anxiety and makes you not love part of your business and find a way to remove that. Now, for those things that still need to get done, but maybe they take up too much of your time and are part of the reason why you're working such long days without a break, I would still, again, ask yourself if you really need to get those done, if they really are necessary, and what would it look like if you just didn't do them at all. But for the ones you do decide are necessary or that you want to do, but don't want to spend so much time on them, 
I would first start with setting up systems and processes. An example of this um, that I love is pre-writing emails, especially things that are maybe difficult conversations if a client's credit card declined or something like that. That's just awkward. Pre-write that email so that you don't have to spend all that time and energy thinking, oh, how do I say this? What do I say? You can pre-think that when you're not so tired and decide in advance what you're going to say and then just have that ready to go when that situation comes up. So that's what I mean by systems and processes, just things like checklists or a certain way to do things so that you don't have to constantly be thinking, how can I do this? You've worked through that already. And then when it's time to do that task, you just kind of follow the checklist, do what you've already decided, and it doesn't take as much time or energy. There's also a lot of stuff you can automate, especially around emails you're sending to clients with payment reminders or reminding them to get their passport renewed, following up after a trip, things like that. I'm sure there are more things that can be automated. And I'm going to start looking into that too, but automate as much as possible. And then another option would be to outsource, which I know feels really out of reach, but it's probably not as out of reach as you think. I will be talking about this. I'm going to have somebody on who actually teaches people how to outsource a lot of their work. And it doesn't necessarily have to even mean hiring a full-time VA or even a part-time VA. It could just be outsourcing one or two tasks that you don't want to have to do all the time, or maybe it's something that you only have to do a couple of times a year. So I'll be talking about that more in future episodes, but that's another option as well. Oh, that was a lot of information. And I actually think looking back, I could have split that into a couple of different topics, but it's something that I'm so passionate about. I just, I want you, if you get nothing else from this, I want you to start looking for proof that business can be fun and it can be easy and it can add to your life instead of taking so much away from it. And then when you get there, start making some small steps. Remember, don't try to transform your business completely in a day or a week or a month. (laughs) Just find one thing, one thing that's just taking you too long or that you really, really hate and makes you dread the day like, oh, hopefully this thing won't happen today or I I can't believe I have to do this again. Find that one thing and then ask yourself those questions that I listed. See if you can get rid of it. And if you can't, look to see if there are ways you can systemize it or automate it or outsource it some way to at least minimize the damage that it's doing to you. I know that was dramatic, but if you're not loving your business, that really is damaging. And I want you to love your business. I know I've mentioned recently that I'm relaunching my insiders group pretty soon and it's happening. March 15th is the day. Ready or not, it's going to launch the new version of insiders and I'm actually renaming it to the lab. But what I've talked about today, and this is probably why this has been on my mind so much, is really the whole point of that membership. I hate to even call it a membership, but what it will contain, the whole point of everything I'm creating in there is to help you do this work and turn your business into something you love in a way that's easy and not, um, like I said, not feeling like you have to do it overnight. Everything's broken down into short 15 minute tasks or so. I I can't say exactly how much they'll be, but I'm really trying to break everything down into teeny tiny steps. So if one month you're just overwhelmed by life and work and all you have is 15 minutes, you can still make progress towards transforming your business into that business you dreamed of having when you started. 
But if you're feeling super energetic one month and you're really ready to make some massive changes in your business, the content will be there and will be available. I'm not dripping anything. It's all going to be there and you're welcome to spend a few hours if you want making massive, massive changes in your business. I literally sat down and asked myself some of these questions I'm talking to you about because, you know, everybody and their mother has a membership program right now. And I just started to feel really yucky about it because I didn't, I didn't want to do the same thing they were doing. So I asked myself, like, if none of these existed, if, if I could design what I want, what I wish was available for me to help me grow my business, what would that look like? Pretending that nobody else there, no other memberships exist or ever did exist. And so that's what I built. I, I think that's why I'm so excited about it because I literally built the thing I wish I had. And I'm so excited to share it with everybody. It's still a bit of a mess in the back end, but I'm working really hard. So if you are interested in joining me there in the lab and joining other travel agents who are excited about um, changing this industry too, because really we're changing, we will be changing what this industry looks like and what it means to be a travel agent. So if that sounds like fun to you, go to travelgeniuses.com slash insiders. I do need to change that because it won't be called insiders anymore, but that will get you there. And and um, sign up for the waitlist because there will be some sort of bonus for those on the waitlist because let's be honest, some of you listening right now have been on that waitlist for almost a year and I am deeply sorry about that. But yeah, you will be rewarded. I promise it's going to be good. And then please do reach out if you have thought of something during this episode that you're like, oh my gosh, I really hate this. And you've tried going through the questions I listed and just can't come up with a way to get rid of it or do it differently. Let me know because it's one of my favorite things to do is come up with solutions to problems. So either shoot me an email at Christy at travelgeniuses.com or send me a DM on Instagram at travelgeniuses. Um, I'm kind of digging talking to people on Instagram, even though I'm not great at posting on there yet, but I do enjoy having conversations on there. And then last thing, if you have enjoyed this episode or any of my episodes, I would love for you to leave a review on iTunes or your podcast player of choice. It is how other people find me and decide whether or not to listen. So if you like it, I would love for you to leave a review. And that is it for this episode. I know it's been a long one, but I hope it's been helpful. And I will be back soon with another episode. Until then, have a great week and stay healthy. <laughs>